but there's something else that we didn't cover, um, and that is actually to do with the definition here. Yeah. The definition of a thazagoraphobia is not just about being forgotten, it's about forgetting as well. It's also a fear of forgetting. Yes, um, there's actually a really important point to that. Sorry, I got distracted by my keyboard. Um, this isn't my computer. I record on my other half's computer because my laptop is actually the same... Um, what is the word? The same model as your laptop, which recently died and impeded all our previous recordings. To any of you noticing why I signed a lot crisper in this episode, it's because I'm currently working... Finally got the sign set up on my PC, my new PC that my friend gave me. So <laughs> that is why, because my laptop is a piece of shit. Yeah, so my laptop is actually the same. Um, like, it's basically the same model as yours. So I have never recorded on my laptop. I'm recording on my boyfriend's PC. Um, and I just forgot how keyboards work there for a minute. Just, yeah, there you go, speaking of forgetting. I wanted to make a point um, about this, and I don't know if this will be helpful to people, and this is why I want to make the point. I know at least one person listening will have heard this ad nauseum, and I am so sorry for putting you through the trauma of remembering people you don't want to remember. But um, the fear of forgetting about people. A lot of people would associate that to, with um, people who maybe have a family history of dementia or Alzheimer's. I was going to bring that up too. Um, yep. Um, um, my grandfather, my maternal grandfather had Alzheimer's and it's... It's a fucking not, shitty disease. It is not fun. Shitty. Like, it's shitty. To, to me, that is terrifying. The idea of having Alzheimer's is... A horrifying thought to me. But like that—that's probably one of my greatest fears—is the idea of ha is having that. And that's that, that's completely understandable. In my own my own blood family, luckily so far we've we've been okay with that. Um, I know that my my other half's family um had a relative who recently passed who had Alzheimer's, and it was very difficult for them. I know that obviously we know people whose family are going through dementia and it's 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 really not an easy situation to be in. But I It's also not what you want to talk about. No, like uh, of course. And there's stigma attached to it, as if it's shameful and that's not fair and that's not fair on people's families. You know you know what I mean? As in it, it's not it, in the same way that a lot of you know Alzheimer's is literally a disease of the brain. Yep. And therefore it falls under actually the same category as mental illness. You know, it is a, there is something not physically right with the brain. A lot of mental illness. I mean, not all mental illness. To get um, a little bit, um, not dark, but well, no, I no, guess no, no, maybe. No, but this is the point. I'm not, I'm not, I'm trying to not take this to a dark place. I'm trying to say there, there shouldn't be this stigma, but what, um, what I was taught whenever we were doing, um, training, on dementia awareness and stuff and I actually told this to someone I know who's going through a family member and I'm literally sharing it now just in case because mm. we don't know who's listening and we don't know what they know no but I think I know what you're talking about a good friend of ours um... oh, no I'm not I'm not even talking about that that person I'm just it's not oh. even that person that I told this to okay. um I, it's someone else entirely um and I'm so sorry to this other person who's definitely heard this analogy before because we went to the same training but you know 
suck it up. Um, the way it was described to me is that your brain is like two bookshelves, right? Mm -hmm. And you have a bookshelf of events, right? Yeah. And on the bottom shelf, you've got, you know, your first formative memories. They are right there. And that bookshelf builds up. And every year is, is you know, more and more recent memories of events, of what happened, of who that person is, of facts, basically. And you have another bookshelf, which in the same way, it goes from the bottom up, but that is emotions. Right? And not all types, but certain types of, of dementia. Basically what happens is the bookshelf is rattled. The bookshelves are rattled. They're both rattled. And what happens if you rattle something? The ones at the top come off first. Yeah. They come off. But also your bookshelf that is for facts and events is a wee bit shittier built than the other one. Right? So the other one's one you actually went and bought in some fancy-ass furniture piece, right? The one with the events and the facts is, let's face it, it's an Ikea Billy bookcase. Right? That you put together badly after two beers. The other one is a really good, sturdy oak one that you bought in some fucking fancy-ass furniture shop that your mother told you to go to. The one with the, with the, one with the facts is one you built yourself under the influence of a few beers one of the leading theories of uh, memory is that long-term memories are permanent it's our ability to access them that becomes damaged That's, over time i like that um yeah. but this this theory this bookshelf theory suggests that the facts go the top things go first anyway so it's the, it's the more recent memories that will go first but the facts will go easier than the emotions so and this was the, the person that I explained this to. Um, they actually look, they, they were dealing with this with a, a grandparent. Mm -hmm. And the, the grandparent was very ill and had got to the point where they couldn't, you know, remember who people were. And the person that I was talking to bears an absolutely striking resemblance, resemblance? resemblance to what <laughs> their own father looked like at that age. That is pretty common, like mistaking a yeah. younger family, it, family member for an elder one. It's common in everything. It's it, you know, it's common in in delirium and stuff as well. Yeah. God bless her. When my granny was on her way out, she definitely called my brother by my dad's name. Mm. Um, but this person, um, that I was talking to, it was, I was, I was having to explain that this part, the 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 family member that that had um that had passed may not have remembered so how how the, the idea of these two separate bookshelves works is that the person will see you and they won't know your name necessarily they, they might not know your name they might not know who you are mm -hmm. that fact is gray it's gone but what remains is the emotion so it'll be uh... i don't know who you are but i know i love you Mm -hmm. and I don't know I don't know if that sticks for everybody but I think that that's a really I feel like that's important probably thing to tell people whose family members are going through dementia you know what I mean 
Mm. The person may get your name wrong, but that's just because they're trying to equate the feeling that they get from you with names they remember. So they'll remember that they love you. So maybe they'll call you by your dad's name or your uncle's name or the name of a dog they loved 50 years ago. Mm. But it's because they remember that they love you. They're trying to remember, or they were. You know, conversely, you could say all the horrible things. You know, they remember that they think you're a complete bastard. But <laughs> um, that that, and if that, if if there's anybody ever listening that that helps, there you go. That's my legacy to try to do more good in the world than harm. Well, it's like one of the hardest things about having a family member with dementia is that they may not recognize you, but they may still talk to you. So they do like care about you and love you and that is but that's that is, that's why a lot of the reasoning behind that theory is that that's actually why because they do remember that they love you they do remember that they know you and that they trust you they just can't remember the facts they can't remember exactly who you are and exactly how they know you but they know that they do know you uh it's it's uh, it's it's that kind of like it doesn't even have to be like emotionally related it can even be like tangential memory yeah. like um my granddad uh he passed when i was 15 uh he had quite bad alzheimer's for years like most of my memories of him are of him like quite mentally handicapped in this way and he would occasionally like when he was still fairly lucid he would occasionally call me dennis okay and who's dennis this thing, I didn't remember this for years, but he would just occasionally call me Dennis. And at one point, I did actually ask, like, who is Dennis? Is that, like, a younger cousin of his, maybe a sibling or something? I, didn't, I don't know anyone in my family all that well. And uh, my mom was like, sure, don't you remember um, when you were really young, you were, like, super hyperactive, and he used to call you the little menace. Oh my god! That's a, that. Do you know what? If if you ever needed a, th- a fact to prove a theory, that's it. Like he used to refer to me as a little menace. So his brain I, went I, I, Dennis. I was there. So yeah, his brain naturally went to Dennis, Dennis the, the menace. menace whenever he saw me when he was yeah. Like he couldn't remember my name, but he remembered at least in some form referring to me as a menace. So he had this. Oh, his name must be Dennis. And, and it's and it's they you know they're doing more and more and more research into how these things affect the mind and obviously we'll move off the topic of dementia and Alzheimer's because I know it's very upsetting for a lot of people. There, there is one more point I want to make, and Hold I'm on, I sorry, want to make one too. So you make your first. Okay, fine. But no, uh, well, first mine, mine comes with a bit of a like forewarning. This is quite dark. What I'm about to say. Um, you mean the but, standard Eddie forewarning? Uh, more so actually. This oh. is like actually the deepest I'll ever get on this. Well. Possibly the deepest I've been so far on this show. Um, so I you don't go deep. Yes. Don't you fucking dare. <laughs> there was, so when my granddad was like absolutely on his way, like his Alzheimer's had just taken over his brain. He was barely recognizable as, you know, my granddad anymore. By the way, what a, what a flippin' Irish thing to say, you know, when he was on his way out. I mean, I find it to be a lot more um, acceptable to circling the drain. Well, Jesus Christ! I wasn't going to say that either, but I—that's I, actually it's medical such a coach. Charming that's actually, Irishism, you know. Oh, when he was on his way out. That's actually um, medical code um, CTD, circling the drain for someone who is just straight up dying. You know what? As, um, but, just because of that, I am um, <laughs> cracking into some straight gin. So anyway, he 
when he had like rare, and I'm talking like maybe 20 minutes a day moments of lucidity, um, he would sing. And I remember being like 14 years old, visiting my grandparents, and like um, his kids would be there, so like my aunts, my uncles, my mom. Um, and he would start singing the song that went, Please release me, let me go. Please release me, let me go. And I would be singing as a fucking 14 year old and seeing like my aunts and uncles be like, Oh, yeah, you remember that song? You do love that song, don't you? And all I could think about was, I think he's being literal. So anyway, that's why I'm pro euthanasia. Do you know what's um what's not interesting? But as you guys know, we never planned fucking anything on this show. That's nope, actually, we're about um, I say we're about it. That we never fucking tried. No, you, you might have. I'm not saying that this is what it is, but um, it might not be right. There's um, there's some pretty i don't know if it's scientific evidence or anecdotal evidence but compelling anyway that um in order to calm someone who is suffering from dementia or suffering from alzheimer's or whatever um something to do with someone if they get stressed out and they're getting anxious because they don't know who people are or they're unfamiliar with the situation is to uh, play something they're familiar with is to play something they're familiar with and a lot for a lot of older people especially in this country, that would be a hymn or a holy mm -hmm. song or something they knew as a child or something they knew that they would know the words to and that can help to soothe someone, to calm them, to put them into a point where they remember, you know, they remember the next line because yeah, it was well, something that was taught to them for... So there's, I don't know, if, but maybe there's a there's something behind the fact that maybe he was, maybe he was going, oh, Jesus Christ, who the fuck are all these people? Loads of you are walking in. I don't know who all you bastards are. Oh, Jesus, there's that little Dennis bastard, right? Oh, God. Um, you know, I, I, this is so awful. But as we're saying, this, I just had this thought in my head of us two as octo and nonagenarians having our kids and grandkids being like, oh, no, it's it's okay, Granddad Eddie. Here, like, listen to this. Coming out of my cage and I've been doing just fine. <laughs> Do you know what? That's not even, that's not, I genuinely thought you were going to be like, it's okay, Nana Kaz, just listen to this song. You call me a bitch like it's, it's a, like a bad thing. thing. <laughs> listen to Hailstorm. If you're listening to us, listen to Hailstorm. It's fucking good. Listen, but Mr. Brightside listen to some Hailstorm, Nana. Listen to some Hailstorm. It'll soothe you. I miss the wild sex, leaving me a mess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking hell. Or even, 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 Nana Caroline, do you remember the song they used to sing to you when you were younger? You're crazy, bitch, but you... <laughs> do you remember that trip when the boys kept singing that to me? Yes. And they kept, they thought it was an insult, and I was like, have you actually heard the rest of the lyrics to that song? You call me a bitch like it's a b -b bad thing. God, I love Hillstorm so much. Oh, do you know what? We need to see Hillstorm again because I just don't feel that that particular gig did them justice. No, that was a joyless crowd. I don't know if it was... The, the crowd was joyless because I've been to see other gigs in that particular place and it just saps the fun out of everyone. Um, but also, I know, I've never tried my fucking life. I love Hillstorm. I slightly feel like neither of us... We didn't realise it at the time, but I feel like neither of us were in great places. Um. Mm. But we didn't know it because, you know, life hadn't 
kicked us up the fucking face yet. Um, I feel like at some point in the future we should see them again. And Absolutely. When it's safe to do so, of course. When it's safe to do so. You put something else in my head about remembering things. Um, and about how sometimes things aren't how you remember. And funnily enough, this is completely accidental. Well, memories are subjective, 100%. Oh, no, yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, go on. Well, just like um, that that year. So hold on, let me get let me get my years in order here. That year that we saw Heelstorm, am I wrong in thinking that that was 2018? No, I'm not, I'm right. Soon yep. after, um, our great and glorious Queen Babs was diagnosed with cancer. And yep, very she, shortly after. Yeah. yeah, very shortly after, just a few weeks later. Um, and, you know, she's here, she's with us, thank God. But she came out of her surgery and we had decided... By the time her surgery was done, it was the end of November. And we had decided that when she comes out of her surgery and everything's okay, and we were determined that it was a when as opposed to an if, um, she was going to declare that it was Christmas time. Right? And you have been to many Christmases in my house. What is always on the table and in the glasses at Christmas? Sure. Slur. Slur. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. We... Um, we had actually, my sister and I had actually preemptively bought bottles of Schlur for mum coming out, or mum being well enough to enjoy them with us, basically. We, we knew that she was going to decree it was Christmas, so I think we went to the garage on the way to visit her and bought some Schlur and bought some, you know, tins of roses or whatever. Mm. And we all really joyfully poured glasses of Schlur. Because it was, it's it, it it is a tradition in my family. It, it, I, I, in I a lot of people's families. Ever ever drink slur outside of your household in December? Yeah, um, because that's just what happens. And we all poured our glass, and we were all. It had been such a trying few months, and we were all just so glad to have mummy there, and so happy that things had gone all right. Um, and we all took big fucking gulps of our slur. And the fuckers had changed the recipe. Uh, I embroidered that recently. There was a whole uproar of it in Scotland. Son of bitch bastards. They changed the recipe and it shat on every fucking memory that we had had. <laughs> and we were livid. We were like, you know, it has been such a shitty few months. It has been awful. We've been worried about our mom. We've been worried about a lot of other stuff. Um, my sister had not long found out she was expecting my niece at that point. You know, a lot of shit was going on. And the bastards at Schlur changed the recipe. And we yeah, were appalled. closer link, uh, linked to memory than any other sense. I cannot smell. You will laugh your head off at this, actually. I cannot ever smell the Kate by Kate Moss perfume. I don't know what it smells like. I can't even conjure it. It smells like me as a 16-year-old. No, right, because you were inundated. I yeah, the, um, was I know drenched you, in the stuff. Yeah, it's uh, really funny, because like, I, my neighbor um, came around to see me. She was having a really shitty day, and she came around just to you know, have a drink and chat just about how awful her day was. And she brought up, it was like, Whenever I'm in your flat, all I smell is cigarette smoke and vanilla, and that is just you to me. Like, yeah, you smell like cigarette smoke and vanilla. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tell her I agree. 
because um, I have vanilla incense. Like vanilla is my favorite smell. Like if I can smell vanilla all the time, I will. And I've got vanilla incense in my flat phone all the time. And I also smoke a lot. So she was like, I come into your flat, I smell cigarette smoke and vanilla, and that's just your scent. That is Ed's scent. Yes. Yeah. Like... And there's smells that remind you of, of certain places. Like I couldn't tell you what the smell of your mommy's house is, but I know that if there's something I'd smell, it would remind me of it. Do you know what reminds me of your mom's house? Um, ravioli. I used to always cook ravioli when the I was a kid. The smell of like Heinz tin mm -hmm. ravioli reminds oh. me of you at your in your mom's specifically in your mom's kitchen. Fresh, the smell of fresh, fresh baked bread reminds me of Spain. Oh, because the only time when I was a kid I would ever be in a bakery when um like. It had just opened and all the bread was freshly baked was when I was with my family in Spain. So the smell of freshly baked, like walking by like that section, like Sainsbury's or whatever, mm -hmm. um, and you smell like freshly baked bread, that brings me to Spain immediately. For a less wholesome reason, the smell of Puerto Rindias gin does the same thing for me. But that specifically <laughs> reminds me of our friend's no, roof. No, that's wholesome just because it's alcoholic. True. But it specifically reminds me of our friend's roof. Like if I went out and lifted my bottle and sniffed it and closed my eyes enough I could maybe pass no it's too fucking cold in this country to, to think I'm in Spain um, but it, it, it's really funny how smell is absolutely so enduring and you don't the, the other thing is you don't always realise well it's, it's, it's because that is how we recognise people to begin with as children we can like, and I mean babies we can recognise what a face looks like, but we don't know how to differentiate. As babies, we recognize people through smell. Oh, here's that is, something. That is how we first learn to differentiate between people. It's what they smell like. I remembered this is gonna be this is this is like gonna verge on creepy. Um so no names are being mentioned here, boy. Um I was at a wedding in twenty nineteen, right? And I, before I even heard someone's voice, right? I was in a crowd at a friend's wedding, good friend's wedding. And I was in a crowd and I smelled a person. And they're not smelly. I don't mean that, you know, he stinks. No, no, no. I, I, I've, I've I had this before. smelled, before I saw him, and I hadn't seen this man in years. He was away in the army. Um... I know you're laughing at that, but I'm still not naming names. I know, but you now know who I'm talking about. Yep. Um, I smelled him. He it's, a, he's not a smelly person, but he's someone I'd known from I was about nine years old. And I hadn't seen him in years. And I was literally in this crowd and I got this, like, I don't even know what the smell, I don't know what the smell is. I, I, I don't think it was, you know, after she... Like, what, why, why do you think why do you think like perfume and aftershave adverts are so fucking trippy? It's because how do you advertise a smell? It it, it was the most bizarre sensation because like asking someone to describe the color red to a blind person, yeah. you just can't. And I've known this person since I was nine years old, so it couldn't be aftershave because what nine year old wears aftershave? You know what I mean? Yeah, no, but it's like people do have I, distinctive sense, and if you spend a lot of time around them, as we did when we were a kid, when we were a kid, we Cash and I used to be one entity. We were one <laughs> child. Um, Our mother loved us <laughs> and simultaneously hated us. Uh, um, 
We had two dogs and a cat. <laughs> two sisters and a brother. Multiple it's like fathers. A, it's like different people have different senses. If you spend a lot and like long enough time around this person, you'll learn to identify their son. Like I was like that in uh, uni. Like I remember like. I remember once, and this actually did freak people out because it sounded creepy, but to me it wasn't. It was like, I remember like walking into my flat. Like, so I lived in like a house, like a mansion that had been converted into various flats, but all of us in the various flats knew each other. Like from like for over a year, we had known each other. I remember walking into my flat and they were like, oh yeah, you just missed this person. And I went, I know I, the flat smells like him. Yeah, it's not creepy. But that's just because this was a guy I used to sleep with. <laughs> I don't know who you're talking I, about. Yeah, I was this guy I used to sleep with. I was thoroughly aware of what he smelled like, and it was just like, oh yeah, you just missed him. It's like I know <laughs> the hallway smells like him, and, and everyone's like, what the fuck? That's super creepy and super weird, dude. What are you a stalker? I'm like, no. <laughs> no, you're just aware of these things. I walked. I walked into my flat. It didn't smell like my flat, and I recognized what the smell was. Yeah. Like, and again, it's not stinking, and it's not like an odor. It's no. not. Not at all. It's, uh, it's it just... wasn't aftershave or anything. It was just my flat smelt like this guy. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, he, he must have just been here. I um, I had, a, I would say a much more negative version of that a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, my uh, an ex of mine um was very specific in his habits, and you know would would like specific things and specific brands of things and specific temperatures for their tea and anyway um my current boyfriend now uh, quite innocently you know did what most men in their 20s do went to a shop and picked the first fucking shampoo on the shelf and bought it um <laughs> I actually bought shampoo today and I picked a bottle up because I'm normally a guy who's like, this one says shampoo on it. And then I saw it, it was like lasting moisture and I was like, that sounds fucking terrible and put it back. And that was the first time I've ever been picky about shampoo. <laughs> like, I don't um, want long moisture. I like my hair dry. Fuck off. But that, that's not what that means. But um, anyway. I know and I don't care. It's just the sign of it was like, no, thank you. Oh, yeah. Well, the, the, the ex was very particular about things. Um, but my boyfriend isn't much like yourself he just goes oh that's shampoo let's let's lift that and body wash and deodorant i'm quite picky about but shampoo i don't give a fuck well, if, it, if it cleans my hair i don't care this is a particularly smell i can tell you what it is fuck it i don't care it is specifically the alberto balsam raspberry shampoo which you can buy like it's really common you can buy it in loads of places um my boyfriend bought it and i mean i I haven't been with my ex for many, many years, but I have been with my boyfriend for many years. You know, there's no reason why this should affect me in the slightest. And I didn't think it did. Right? My boyfriend bought shampoo. I didn't even register what shampoo he bought. I hadn't even thought about it. I, mm-hmm. I could have seen it in the shower. I don't know. Wasn't paying attention. I went to bed. Right? Mm-hmm. I had... And I, I do have a recurring nightmare about being back in that situation, but normally it's when I'm very stressed out or something. Yeah, I, but it wasn't because like you were lying next to him and I his was, hair was not yeah, like this. Yeah, I was lying yeah. next to my boyfriend and my boyfriend's hair smelt like that shampoo. And it. I woke up and you wake up in the dark. I couldn't have told you what country I was in. Yeah. I was so, dis- but not even confused, disturbed. Yeah. Like, honestly, I was 
really, really upset. So, um, I, uh, I just, I just had to tell him to stop using it. <laughs> I think that's fair. It was only, it was a pound. Like, it's not dear shampoo. So I was like, look, yeah. I'll buy you a new shampoo. Just don't, don't fucking use that. Sure, that where, um, it's just one of those things. I think it's perfectly reasonable to be like, I don't like this because it reminds me of this and asking people not to do it because it, it just brings back bad memories. Like, I might uh, dated a guy not long after I became single for the first time in a fucking decade, and I prefer to go by Edward, as you can tell, because Eddie, but he, that's my middle name, and he didn't want to call me that. He, he actually called me by my first name. Because he'd known someone called Edward. Um, his ex was called Eddie. His like abusive cheating ex was called Eddie, so he refused to call me that, and I was like, "Fine." My current boyfriend doesn't call me Eddie. He calls me Scott. By the because, exact because same token. By the exact same token. That. Even though I prefer Edward, I do not mind being called Scott. Like I've I answered to Scott for fucking ages. Well, um, we both know someone that I solely refer to as Panda. Yeah. And do not call him by his name because it's the same as my big brother's name. Yeah. And that is because at one time there was a possibility of a romantic connection with that person. And having the same name as, as yeah, my your brother. Bro- I'm so happy I have no male siblings. <laughs> Although I'm fairly certain I know someone who went out with someone with the same name as them. That'd be hilarious. Like, I don't know. It was weird. So this actually, all of this conversation about like the panic or at least like bad memories coming through from remembering something. The inverse here is nemophobia or nemophobia. I'm not entirely sure how it's pronounced. The M is silent either way. Um, that is the fear of remembering, the fear of memories. Ooh. But whenever I think of that, I feel like uh, whenever I was studying we studied eidetic memories, mm-hmm. people with eidetic memory. And um, that is essentially photographic memory. Mm-hmm. And what I thought was fascinating was like, having I have a good memory. Like my memory is actually pretty great. Like uh, not to brag, but I have a really good memory. But then we started talking about people with hyperthemesia which is perfect memory, but I mean actually perfect memory. They are incapable of forgetting anything. They, I, I believe it is defined as a superior autobiographical memory system. Okay. And I saw interviews with these people, and they were like, everyone keeps telling me how great it must be to be able to remember literally everything. And it's hell. I live in hell. Like, remember that, like, they're like, remember that super embarrassing thing you did 10 years ago that you remember maybe once every couple oh months? God. I remember that constantly. And the thing is, I don't even have the privilege of being able to tell myself, oh, it probably wasn't as embarrassing as I think it was because I remember it perfectly and I fucking know it was. Like, they were talking about, they were going through hell. No, like, no. I, I would, yeah. they were like, I would kill to be able to just forget shit. 
<laughs> and like, it's and that so is scary. That is, that is technically mammophobia, pneumophobia. I never actually learned how to pronounce it. I just know what it is. And there's a fear of memories, a fear of remembering too much. I mean, which I suppose would also come into uh, PTSD. People with PTSD could be described as having pneumophobia. That's what I was actually about about to say because I have been mm. kind of diagnosed with PTSD in the past, and then kind of not diagnosed. I don't know. I have fuck. What the fuck's a diagnosis, eh? Um. But there's a lot of things from a certain period in my my teens that I had no memory of for a long time. And the older I've got, I don't know what has happened in my life to unlock it. Mm-hmm. But I will have dreams or I will have just periods where these memories come back and they don't stop. And... Frankly, there are things I'd rather forget. There are things I'd rather not remember. Um, same, man. I think it's the same for everyone. Like yeah, everyone, I think everybody has that. Rather erase, yeah. And if I, I think everybody has the has the, I don't know, has something in their life that if if you could do that kind of total recall, erase bits of your memory, shit, you mm. would. Like I know that I would definitely, definitely definitely erase the time that I jumped up on the school stage and the entire school saw my underwear. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm the t- like, I will lie in bed as most people do sometimes. And then suddenly my brain will be like, Hey, remember this super embarrassing thing that you said or did when you were like either really young or drunk or whatever. And oh, dude, I can't even think about, see the things I do when I'm drunk and I'm no not a blackout what, drunk by any, no matter you know I, me, I'm not, but no, not normally. But no matter how much you convince yourself that I'm probably the only one who remembers this, or it probably wasn't embarrassing as I'm thinking it was, and these things are probably true, mm-hmm. your brain will just keep telling you, like, no, oh, it was fucking awful, and you should think about it right the fuck now because I'm bored and want you to suffer. But also, brains are complete bastards, and realistically, we're being, we are a skeleton being controlled by uh, meat with electric currents in it. So, you know, fuck it. We are beings being controlled by electric meat. Electric meat. And on the, the subject of the electric meat, my electric meat uh, needs its batteries recharged. And I actually have work to do before I wrap up for the day. So yeah, we should probably call it a day. This is our longest episode. I'm just hungry. By the way, <laughs> our like, next... I actually have a job. I actually have to go and do my job. I'm like, I can see my pizza dough and it's really nicely risen. And I really want to put some pepperoni on that and put it in the oven. By the way, listeners, uh, I will be putting this on Twitter and stuff, but or one of us will, at least. Our next episode is going to be a Valentine's Day special where we are going to talk about the fear of dating, sarcophobia, which is also the fear of like just being in a relationship at all. And a lot of it is going to be us sharing our own and possibly other people's completely anonymously, don't worry, stories on why dating fucking sucks. So if you've got any stories on that, hit us up that's going to be awesome yeah absolutely um hit us up on twitter on facebook um we will swap names we will not mention names we will change pronouns whatever the hell you want like 100 anonymity as far as you want it yeah um so give us a shout on um phobia phobia podcast at gmail.com we are on twitter at uh podcast phobia or on facebook just at phobia phobia um give us a shout um let us know if you have any any stories that would um put you off dating forever i i know i have at least two (laughs) you have a few right bye folks
happy whatever the fuck day this is and whatever the fuck week it is in year 5000 of lockdown. Bye! Don't, don't forget about us!